You're listening to Soul Roadmap, episode 47. Welcome to Soul Roadmap Podcast. Each week, you'll hear strategies and inspiration to take action and live life better. Hi, I'm Dina Cataldo, lawyer, coach, and entrepreneur. This podcast is your roadmap to creating more success in your life, business, and relationships. Let's get started. Hello, my friend. How are you doing today? I hope you're having a fabulous day. It is raining here. I'm recording this on a Monday afternoon and the sprinkles are coming down. I'm looking at these beautiful camellia trees. that have all these pink flowers on them and it's like this really strange ephemeral twist on spring. Like it's spring, but it's raining all the time. And I'm not quite used to it because, you know, I'm in California. It doesn't rain this much, but it is this year. I'm just going to appreciate that I'm not talking about drought and I'm talking about how much abundant water we have right now. So yay. Okay. So I want you to keep an open mind in this episode. Today, we're talking about lessons from Eckhart Tolle. And it took me a while to read his books because they just didn't speak to me for a while. And that's usually how it happens, right? The teacher appears when we're ready. And the fun part about his books when I got to them was that I'd already created the foundation for them and my daily practices and the teachings were really consistent with what I'd already been learning. So I feel like I was much more ready for him when I opened the books. And that may be your experience with him too. If you haven't you know, gone to him for a while, maybe you heard his name and you just kind of put off going to the books and you've been you know, working on yourself for a while, I highly suggest you go to them now because they may speak to you in a different way. Now, you may have heard of his New York Times bestselling book, The Power of Now or A New Earth, or maybe you heard him on Oprah. He actually broke down his book, A New Earth, in a series of shows with Oprah that I will link to in the show notes. It was a fantastic podcast. DinaCataldo.com forward slash 47 will have links to those. Now, he's known as a spiritual teacher, but I'm not really approaching this podcast from that specific angle. I'm going to share with you how he actually breaks down how our brain works and how when we apply what he teaches, we can reduce stress. And we've talked a lot about this in my podcast. So if you've been following along, then you have a foundation for what we're going to talk about. But even if you don't, I'll break down some of his lessons that will help you reduce overwhelm in your own life with some simple practices you can try every single day. Now, before I jump in, I want to tell you something I'm really excited about. I've revamped my website and I've cleared my calendar so I can make a couple things available to you. So first off, if you are a lawyer, then I've opened the 10-Day Lawyer Life Detox. For less than a cup of coffee a day, you can revamp your life and clear out old habits to make change in your life. I'm going to link to that in the show notes if you want to check it out. Second, whether you're a lawyer or not, I have a few one-on-one coaching spots available right now. So if you've been thinking about doing something big, but you've been procrastinating, then this may be for you. When I began seeking mentors to help me on my path, I discovered that they helped me get there faster than I possibly could on my own. There's something about someone acting as your mirror to help you work through limiting beliefs to get you where you want to go. I highly suggest one-on-one coaching, whether it's with me or somebody else that resonates with you. This is something that can be life-changing. You can learn more about the 10-Day Lawyer Life Detox and personal coaching with me in the show notes at dinacataldo.com forward slash 47. Okay, let's talk about Mr. Tolle. 
So there's a few things that I really wanted to focus on in this podcast, and I could talk all day long about his teachings. This is just a small dose of what he talks about, but it's very much in alignment with what I talk about on this podcast. So I feel like these are some of the areas that when I talk to you about them, you're going to say, aha, I remember that, or aha, that's something that I've already tried incorporating in my life, or aha, that's something I want to work on more. So when you listen to each of these different areas, just keep in mind that these are just a tiny sprinkling of what he talks about in his books, but they are really some of the more practical things that I can get my hands on and talk to you about that's in alignment with what I talk about in this podcast. So first, give up the illusion that you are your mind. Remember, I've said this before. You are not your thoughts. You are the thinker of your thoughts, and therefore you can change your thoughts. We get so attached to them that we begin to identify them. We identify them with ourselves, right? So I feel stress becomes I'm a stressed person. We say things to ourselves like I'm a liberal person. I'm a conservative person. I'm a religious person. I'm not a religious person. So give up the labels and feelings and just be a watcher of your thoughts. Tolle says, identification with your mind creates an opaque screen of concepts, labels, images, words, judgments, and definitions that block all true relationship. It comes between you and yourself, between you and your fellow man and woman, between you and nature, and between you and God. It is this screen of thought that creates the illusion of separateness. You know this is true just by being in the world, right? It's so easy to label someone else as right or wrong, just or unjust, bad or good, attractive or unattractive. And this is normal because that's how our brain works when it's on autopilot. It's like we come into this world with this incredibly powerful tool that we never bother to read the owner's manual. In fact, we don't even get an owner's manual and we have to figure things out on our own. Now, if you're Eckhart, he'd tell you that there are plenty of teachers in history who have tried to explain the owner's manual to us. Jesus and Buddha are a couple that come to mind right now. If we want to use this tool, our brain to its fullest potential, The first big thing we can do for ourselves is to release these labels and just start observing how our mind thinks. The second thing I want to talk to you about is this. When you give up the illusion that you are your mind, you're able to become the watcher or the witness of your thoughts. Have you ever noticed that when you begin judging someone or something, some situation that's in front of you, or maybe you have a strong opinion about whatever it is, you get really worked up. You actually feel energized, like you could go on and on about a topic. Well, Eckhart would say that your mind is using you, that you're its slave in that moment. He says, it's not so much that you use your mind wrongly. You usually don't use it at all. This is the disease. You believe you are your mind. And I'm going to interject here and say that you believe you are your thoughts. He goes on to say, this is the delusion. The instrument has taken you over. The moment you start watching the thinker, a higher level of consciousness becomes activated. And I would even say rather than becomes activated, it becomes uncovered as if you have been covering up your consciousness, this part of you with your autopilot thoughts. This is something that we have to kind of chip away at all those nonsense thoughts, all those autopilot thoughts so that we can uncover it. 
Now, if you've meditated at all and you begin observing your thoughts, you may have experienced this. You may have also experienced this when you're on a hike and you look at something indescribable or majestic. Or if you go on a nature walk and rather than label things, thinking to yourself, pretty tree, (laughs) you just look at it and you appreciate it. You feel more connected to it. We feel grounded, centered, present in the moment. Whatever word you want to use to describe that feeling, the important thing is that you feel more at peace in that moment. It's this quiet space that he calls a gap of no mind. That's pure consciousness. You actually feel that deeper, indescribable self underneath all that chatter that goes on in our head all the time. And I love this phrase from The Power of Now. He says, thought cannot exist without consciousness, but consciousness does not need thought. Think about that for a moment. Thought cannot exist without consciousness, but consciousness does not need thought. Consciousness is consciousness, right? So one of the reasons I began doing the work on myself is because I wanted to feel more peace in my life. I knew theoretically what the tools were to get connected to that underlying consciousness, but I didn't see the results until I implemented them regularly. And I still have to continuously do the work. This isn't a one and done solution. Like you take a pill and suddenly you're consistently present. This is all practice. It's not like I'm an awakened person. It's not like I'm an enlightened person. This is just something that I continually work on with myself. And it's something that each one of us can do when we really sit and do the work. The third thing I want to talk about is this. Our ego is what keeps us addicted to the chatter in our brain or the overthinking. Eckhart describes the ego as a false self created by the unconscious identification with its thoughts. I like to think about it as the little child running around in our head talking about what makes it feel good, bad, what makes it feel shame or fear. It's always right, and someone else is always to blame when it feels bad. The ego is not about the present moment. It only cares about the past and the future. And when it seems to be chattering about the present, it's actually making misinterpretations because it's seeing everything through the lens of what's in the past and what it ultimately wants in the future and how it's going to get it. He goes on to talk about what he terms the pain body. The pain body is what he calls, quote, the dark shadow cast by the ego. Now, I'm not going to go into how he talks about it in depth, but here's the gist of it. This part of our ego wants us to stay reactive rather than responsive to the world around us. Our awareness of it is like kryptonite to it. So reactive versus responsiveness. So when we react, we snap, right? Like we are making a snap judgment. Responding means that we take a moment, we understand what we're thinking, and then we make a conscious decision moving forward and how we're going to respond. But when we react, we are ultimately going to hurt ourselves and or somebody else because we haven't taken that moment to take a step back. It's that reaction that's part of the pain body. So anytime you notice yourself becoming angry when you snap at someone or you respond angrily to someone, your pain body slash ego is at work. And that means being aware that our ego is impacting how we act is key. When we see what is happening, we see that we are reacting. If our goal is to reduce stress and overwhelm, then watching how we react to situations is important. Are we snapping at people because we feel stressed? Are we taking it out on others? Or do we just take a step back, notice it, and choose how to respond? Because if we do the work and take more moments to notice what's happening in ourselves, we have more ability to change the thoughts we have to create the feelings that we want. And remember, when we 
consciously choose our thoughts, we're impacting our feelings. But not only that, our feelings impact the actions that we take and the results that we ultimately get. So that's why it's so important to start working on these thoughts that we have, because ultimately that is what is going to determine the results that we have in our life. Fourth, use your emotions to bring your thought patterns into awareness. So this is one we've talked about before on the podcast, and we don't usually notice that we're having thoughts. We notice what we feel, though. We feel hurt, love, shame, and they can hit us very deeply. Then it's up to us to notice that and work our way backwards to see which thought or thoughts caused that feeling. Feelings are a physical reaction. They're actually a chemical reaction that's a product of our thoughts. Our thoughts really do create our reality. One practice I do is a daily journaling practice, and I'll link to the podcast I did on journaling for high achievers because that's the practice that I do. One of the questions that I ask myself is, how am I feeling? When I do that, it requires my brain to start noticing what thoughts are creating those feelings and helps me notice any unhelpful thought patterns I have. So if I want to create better results, I got to work on my thoughts, right? So for example... If you feel shame about overspending on something, you may consider unnecessary, like a brand new car. Ask yourself what thoughts you may be having to create that feeling. If you have the money, then why do you feel shame? Is it because you're afraid of what other people think of you? Is it because you don't feel like you deserve nice things for one reason or another? Or if you don't have the money for it, do you feel like you lack control over your spending? Is it because you're trying to impress others? I had an instance. Something happened not too long ago and I was driving my car and I have this really cute little convertible car. I love it. And I was driving and my boss happened to be behind me and he got my attention and he waved at me and he gave me a thumbs up on my ride. And I was embarrassed. I was like, oh my God, he sees me driving this really fancy car. And I noticed that I was embarrassed because I didn't want him to think that I thought a lot of myself. I didn't want anyone to feel like I was showing off with this car. Although, why do you buy a flashy convertible unless you want people to notice you, right? It doesn't really matter why you buy the car, but it's interesting to think about the thoughts that you have. If you're purchasing something that you love and you get a really good feeling about it, and it's something that you've worked really hard to pay for, then there's no reason why you should feel shame, right? That's just a feeling. And it's okay to buy something. Just start recognizing why you have the thoughts that you have. And I think that you're going to find that some of them are so funny and they're rooted in things that are from, you know, when you're a kid. Because I know when I was a kid, I didn't want to stand out. I didn't want to show off. And so that was something that I held on to from when I was a little kid. So it just goes to show that this is a constant practice. There's always something you can learn about yourself. And you can do this throughout your day. When you notice you're stressed out, stop and ask yourself why. If you're really motivated to do this, like really motivated, set your alarm for once an hour for a few days. And during those pauses, ask yourself what you're feeling in that moment. Get still, breathe. You don't even have to label the feeling if you don't want to. The act of taking a moment during your workday to get still helps you have longer and longer moments of presence. And Eckhart actually talks about this in his books. The more we practice this, the easier it becomes. This is not second nature to us. This is something that is learned. Some people seem to come to it out of nowhere, right? Like you're like, wow, you just seem so aware. But no, that's not the case. These are things that everyone has to learn. This is something that we have to practice in order for it to become a part of our lives to make our lives better and better all the time. 
And lastly, what I want to talk to you about that I didn't read in his books, but it's a takeaway we all need. And I think that he would agree with this is to stay in the material. You and I live in the real world. We aren't hobbits living in the Shire. We aren't monks in a monastery. We go to an office where things are moving a million miles a minute. And sometimes we feel like we have very little control over what's going on in our life. But that's not really true. We have control. Our decisions got us to this point in our life and our decisions moving forward will get us the results we work towards. If one of the results you want is to reduce stress and be more in the moment, then you can consciously choose to use the tools available to you through the magic of the internet to help you on your path. It's so amazing that we have this tool in front of us that we can use in any way and yet we use it for some of the most menial things like watching the news as entertainment, despite the fact that we can't or we choose not to have an impact in those areas of our world. We watch it as if it's entertainment, but we don't actually do anything. Rather than using the internet to be a tool for something good in our lives, most of us don't do that. So why not use this amazing tool and take advantage of it? If one of the results you want is to reduce your weight and feel healthier, the same thing applies. No matter what we want, we can make conscious decisions to get there, but we need to continually work on ourselves. There is no one and done solution. Oprah actually said that she has a copy of A New Earth on her bedstand and reads from it consistently so that she can be reminded of his teachings. Now, this is a marathon, not a sprint. We have to steadily reach for those things that serve us and release those things that don't if we want to design the life we deserve to have, the life we know we can have. Now, I could do, like I said, multiple podcasts on what Tolle teaches. I haven't even touched on some of the energetic and spiritual teachings he talks about. There's so much to his work, and I highly recommend his books. I'll link to everything we've talked about in the show notes at dinacataldo.com forward slash 47. I hope this has piqued your interest, and maybe you'll want to learn more about this kind of work. There's some additional resources that I will link to in the show notes so you can see what resonates with you. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. I will talk to you again soon, my friend. Thanks for listening to Soul Roadmap. If you have a moment, I'd appreciate it if you'd subscribe, rate, and left an honest review on iTunes. I read every single review. So let me know what you want to hear more or less of, and I'll talk to you next week.